Good afternoon, ladies. Now we're in the Sixth Commandment. So the Sixth Commandment of the Decalogue summarizes God's plan for marriage. It states, you shall not commit adultery. Besides forbidding adultery, the law, for, the law forbids all acts of promiscuity. In His infinite wisdom, God decided to make sexual union the way to create human life. He also decided that he would join a man and a woman, making the two become one through their act of becoming one flesh. He wants the man and woman to get married before engaging in acts of sexual intimacy, just as God is the Lord of life and death, he is the Lord of human sexuality. Thus, Sexual intimacy between husband and wife is sacred. So we must show the same respect towards human sexuality that we show towards human life. To explain how God connects these two realities, Saint Josemaria, founder of Opus Dei, wrote, We have been created by God and endowed with an intelligence which is like a spark of divine intellect. So together with our free will, another gift of God, it allows us to know and to love. And God has also placed in our body the power to generate, which is a participation in his own creative power. He wanted us to use love to bring new human beings into the world and to increase the body of the church. Thus, sex is not a shameful thing. It is a divine gift ordained to live, to love, and to fruitfulness. So this is the context in which we must see the Christian doctrine of sexuality. Our faith does not ignore anything on this earth that is beautiful, noble, and authentically human. It simply teaches us that the rule of life should not be selfish pursuit of pleasure because only sacrifice and self-denial lead to true love. According to church teaching, Sexual intimacy for a married couple is beautiful, noble, or authentically human as long as the man and woman respect God's plan for marriage. When Christ commented on the Sixth Commandment, He redefined the virtue of purity and emphasized spiritual cleanliness. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So adultery is the act of a married man or a woman having sexual relationships with someone besides their spouses. So Jesus tells us that the external act is not the only way man and woman fall into the sins of lust. You become guilty of serious sin when you look lustfully at another person. God's plan for relations between men and women combines both physical and spiritual elements. Those who emphasize only the physical element reduce the human sexuality to more, more than animal sexuality. Sex is something more than the mysterious power of human corporality, which acts almost by virtue of instinct. It is bound up with choice, a saint. John Paul II, Theology of Body, said, So animal sexuality, 
works by instinct. Animals do not choose to act or to refrain from acting. Human beings are different because they choose. So God gives each person a free will. It allows each person to choose between following God's plan or working against it. Besides having the ability to make free choices, each person needs to recognize truth. So God wants us to know why he created us as male and female. So he wants everyone to know his plan for sex. He wants each person to follow it. The two purposes of marriage. So God designed the sexual union of man and woman to a purpose. Two purposes that are complementary and inseparable. Unity purpose. First, that one. So God joins the man and woman so completely that the two become one flesh. So the husband and wife become one. This is meant to lead them to a sense of intimacy and communion with each other. Proactive purpose. The husband and wife cooperate with God in, in the act of creation. So the spouses become parents of, of child that is conceived through their sexual union. So any act involving sexual intimacy before marriage or outside of marriage is a serious sin. Any deliberate attempt to seek sexual arousal before marriage or outside of marriage is a serious sin. So instead of leading you to peace and joy, such act will have you feeling frustrated and lonely. Vocation to chastity. Uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks of a vocation of chastity because the virtue is a condition and essential part of our vocation to love, the gift of self to which God calls every man and woman. So chastity makes it possible to love in and through our bodies. The virtue of chastity comes under the cardinal virtue of temperance. When speaking about chastity, especially of young people, it is important to stress the capacity to love that this virtue imparts to sexuality and procreation. To live chastity involves the struggle to control one's passion. Educating for chastity. Chastity is aimed at attaining control of one's concupiscence, an important part of self-mastery. So attaining this control is a task that lasts for one's whole life. So chastity should always keep growing with the grace of God and each one's personal ascetical struggle. Educating for chastity is much more than giving information on the physical aspects of human reproduction. A true education in chastity involves much more than the biological aspect. So it needs to provide help in reflecting on the personal and moral values involved in the issue of human life and personal maturity. So it needs to foster high ideals of love for God and others to the virtues such as generosity, self-giving, the modesty that protects intimacy, etc. So virtues that help a person to overcome the selfishness or the temptation to become self-centered. Parents have a great responsibility in this task since they are the first and principal teachers in instilling the virtue of chastity in their children. In struggle 
In the struggle to live this virtue, the following means are important. So prayer, asking God for the virtue of holy purity, frequenting the sacraments which are the medicine for our weaknesses, working intensely, avoiding idleness, moderation in food and drink, caring for detail of decency and modesty in dressing, also in conversations, avoiding misleading unsuitable reading materials or even watching immoral shows, being very sincere in spiritual direction, and having a deep devotion to Mary most pure. The specific manifestations of this virtue will differ depending on one's vocation. So a married couple lives chastity by fostering thoughts, words, and deeds that lead to deeper union with his or her spouse and greater desires to serve both spouse and children. Those who are engaged to be married live chastity by refraining from any kind of sexual arousing acts until they are married. So this protects the freedom they need to decide whether they really are meant to get married. So those committed to celibacy live chastity not only as a renunciation of forming a family, but also a joyful affirmation of loving for a greater gift from God, a greater love than married men and women experiencing in this world. So young men and women also live chastity by pondering in prayers what God wants to do with their lives. So there are sins against chastity. Opposed to chastity is lust. It's a disordered desire for an inordinate enjoyment of sexual pleasure. So sexual pleasure is morally disordered when sought for itself, isolated from its procreative and unitive purposes. Since sensuality is a central dimension in human life, Sins against chastity are always materially grave and as such entail leaving the inheritance of the kingdom of God. One is masturbation, is the deliberate stimulation of the genitals organs in order to desire sexual pressure. By its very nature, masturbation contradicts the Christian sense of sexuality as being at service of love. So being a solidarity and a selfish exercise of sexuality deprived of the truth of love. It leaves a person unsatisfied and leads to emptiness and regret. Fornication is a carnal union between unmarried man and unmarried woman. It is gravely contrary to the dignity of persons and of human sexuality, which is naturally ordered to the good of spouses and the generation and education of children. Adultery refers to marital infidelity. So when two partners of whom at least one is married to another party have sexual relations, even transient ones, they commit adultery. Also opposed to chastity are conversations, looks, manifestations of another person, including fiancés, prompted by a lewd desire or constituting a mean occasion of sin which is sought or not rejected. Pornography, displaying the human body as a mere object of concupiscence and prostitution, 
making one's own body an object for financial gain and for carnal pleasure are grave faults of sexual disorder, which, besides offending the dignity of, of a person involved, are a true social scourge. Rape is a forcible violation of sexual intimacy of another person. It does injury to justice and chastity. Rape deeply wounds the respect, freedom, and physical and moral integrity to which every person has a right. It causes grave damage that can mark the victim for life. It is always an intrinsically evil act. Graver is the rape of children committed by parents, incest, or those responsible for the education of the children entrusted to them. Homosexual acts. This means any kind of sexual activity between a man and another man or a woman or another woman. Even those who experiences normal sexual attraction towards the opposite sex experience sexual disorders. They feel tempted to commit acts of adultery, fornication, etc. Temptations to adultery or fornication are not sins. Okay. Temptations, as the father of the church say, is the devil is like a dog that chained up. He may bark a lot, but if we don't go near him, he can't bite us. Because of original sin, everyone has to struggle to master unhealthy sexual desires. However, in case of those who feel same-sex attraction, the struggle presents an additional difficulty. If someone experiences sexual attraction to those of the same sex, remember that even though the feeling is not itself a sin, it is a disorder. It can be corrected, but it will take effort to leave chastity over and above the usual effort others have to make. People with disorders usually do not see their condition as disorder. So after experiencing strong feelings of the same-sex attraction for years, the attraction can feel as if it were normal. So if you have it, you, only, you will only be able to correct it by being humble, enough to admit that the feelings of same-sex attraction go against nature, even when they feel natural to you. So this order is easier to convert if one speaks to someone who can help before the disorder gets worse by engaging in, in homosexual acts. Men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies must be accepted with respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in this regard should be avoided. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives. So on July 13, 1914, our Lady of Fatima showed a vision of hell to the three shepherd children, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisca. Jacinta revealed that according to Our Lady, the sins which cause most souls to go to hell are the sins of the flesh or sins against chastity. Mm -hmm.